Welcome to the PLUS podcast and the second episode from the York Science Festival. Hello and welcome to this, the fourth edition of the PLUS podcast. My name is Mark West and this week we are taking you back to the York Science Festival to have a chat to Professor Chris Budd from the University of Bath. Professor Budd is a maths communicator and Leonard Euler enthusiast. So in this year, 300 years since Leonard Euler's birth, I spoke to Chris about some of the events taking place at the York Science Festival to commemorate one of the greatest mathematicians of all time. having a chat to Professor Chris Budd, who's a Professor of Applied Mathematics at the University of Bath and Professor of Mathematics at the Royal Institution of Great Britain. And his interest is in non-linear problems, solving them, applying them. And this week he's speaking about Euler, as well as the role of maths in the food industry, and has a particular interest in maths communication. So I might start off seeing as you've brought in some ancient costumes, telling me why Euler is interesting to you. Well, Euler did an enormous amount of maths that comes into just about everything that I do. So what I'm particularly going to talk about is his um, famous formula, e to the i pi equals minus one. And when I was a teenager, I was so excited by this formula that my mother knitted it into a t-shirt and I used to go around school posing in this just to show what a geek I was. Um, but much more importantly, I mean, the sort of formula that Euler come up with come into every, every aspect of my, um, of my work. Um, one particular interest I have in, in, in sort of recreational maths is in mazes, and Euler did a lot of work on, on the theory behind mazes and networks, and um, his famous Bridges of Königsberg problem, where he sort of essentially invented modern network theory, um, can also be used to crack mazes. So I've had a lot of fun applying his methods to solve mazes, both um, on paper and, in, and in, in the real real world, as it were. Why is his formula the, the most famous of them all, do you think? Well, it's, it's famous, I'd say, for um, many reasons. One is that it um, combines all the basic ideas of mathematics into one single formula. So you have E, which tells you how things grow, pi, which comes up in geometry, but also comes up in calculus all over the place, the square root of minus one and minus one itself. They're all there in the one formula. Um, but if it was just a pretty formula on its own, I, I wouldn't be as interested in it as I am for the fact that um, it comes into so, so many applications. Um, in particular, one of my um, interests is, is in radio communication and radio waves, and the formula is, lies at the, the very heart of all of our understanding about the way that, wa that waves move around in space. And it's 300 years since his birth this year. Has there been much going on? within Britain or America to commemorate this? Well, the, um, most of the activity, I'd say, has been going on in Europe because Euler himself came um, from Switzerland and then he, he worked in Berlin for a long time and then he worked in, in Russia, in St. Petersburg. So they've been celebrating him in those three countries particularly. Um, I don't think he ever visited Britain, so, so we have no honest claim to him other than the fact that his mathematics is universal and, and we, all, we all enjoy it and we all use it. So we felt it was extremely appropriate that in this 300th year of his birth, um, we should run a special session here at the British Association in his honour. 
and another of our uh, plus contributors, Robin Wilson, is dressing up as Euler, and you're dressing up as his best mate. Did you have to draw straws to see who got the the Euler gig? Well, well, Euler's, Euler himself will be presenting his own work and life work, and it was appropriate that Euler should do that. Um, um, I'm, I, as um, are coming on as Benui, uh, I'm simply looking at a, a, a part of what Euler did. Um, though, of course, um, I can say, as Johann Benui, that I was Euler's tutor and taught him everything he knows. Well, we've got um, we've got the costumes here, and we'll put up some photos on the on the Plus website. Would you like to tell me a little bit about Euler's history and some of the discoveries that he made? Um, well, Euler made so many discoveries; it's very hard to. Um, to, to label one in particular, but um, my favourite formula of Euler's, in fact, it isn't e to the i pi is minus one. That's everyone else's favourite. But my favourite is a, a lovely formula which relates a thing called the zeta function, um, which is essentially the sum of the reciprocals of the powers of the integers to um, a formula involving prime numbers. And, and this is a wonderful formula because it, it, it allows you to make a huge number of discoveries about prime numbers. And... Um, there's still a lot about this formula which is still very mysterious to us and some of the biggest unsolved problems in mathematics um, are actually linked in with this formula and linked in with prime numbers. Prime numbers now are, are, are of interest, um, they're hugely of interest in, in things like code breaking and cryptography mm -hmm. So, and this formula again is very useful. Um, in fact what, what sort of made Euler's reputation was when he, he studied a thing called zeta 2 which is the sum of the reciprocals of the square numbers and he was the first person to actually work out what that sum was. And that kind of made his name across the whole of Europe. So what are some of the applications of some of Euler's formulas and his work? Oh, sorry, I've said Euler. I was taught at school that it was Euler, but maybe this is bad Australian education. Um, well, one of the key areas of my own um, research work is, is working with the meteorology, um, the Met Office, and the equations that the um, weather forecasters use to understand the weather are in fact called the Euler equations. So Euler basically wrote down the um, the first set really sensible equations for the motion of fluids and they're particularly appropriate to the weather because of the weather being a very large fluid. The equations are very good for the motions of large fluids. And so we solve these on a computer because they're too hard to solve by hand. And when you solve them on a computer, you use a numerical method to solve them. And guess what? The numerical method is based again on Euler's methods. Um, one of the most important methods for solving equations on the computer is called Euler's method. So we're using Euler's method to solve Euler's equations. And um, that's how we learn about the weather. Are there any other applications apart from the weather that you know well, it depends what you mean by Euler's equations, because everything is called Euler's equations. I mean, Euler's equations of fluid mechanics um, are, are used in um, think areas as, as diverse as um, racing cars, studying racing cars, um, studying how aeroplanes fly. I also apply them to studying th things as mundane as um, the behavior of fridges um, and also of human digestion. Well, this actually brings us quite nicely to your other talk that you're giving, which is about the role of maths in the food industry. Where would you like to start with that? Well, 
I, 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 food is everywhere. There is no person in the world that doesn't eat food. So um, it's possibly the most important industry there could possibly ever be, and of course it goes back forever. Um, so it's an important area a mathematician should be involved in, um, not only because there's great mathematical problems, but because um, these problems affect everyone in every aspect of their lives. And what, what are some of the things you're going to bring up in your talk on Friday? Well, I'm, I'm going to start with the business of um, how you cook food. So I'm going to look at the maths behind cooking and showing how mathematical simulations of cooking help make cooking safer and improve the cooking process. And then, having cooked the food, of course, we then eat it. So I'm then going to look at the um, process of modelling digestion, so understanding how food is actually absorbed in the body and how that can help us design foods which are absorbed more quickly, which is um, very useful for athletes and uh, also for um, medical drugs. And having done all that, we're then going to look at um, the importance of, um, well, where do we eat food? Well, one area we eat, place we eat food is in parties. So we're going to look at the mathematics of parties. Okay, because I imagine if you introduce yourself as a mathematician at a party, it's perhaps not the most friend-creating opening line. Um, it, indeed, people tend to panic and run away. Um, so part of the um, reason for giving this talk is, is to give people like me uh, a chance to impress people at parties. <laughs> soulless geeks <laughs> are these all lines that people have told you very much so and my daughter tells me it to me repeatedly and she, she's a teenager <laughs> so she's not going to be a mathematician um, well who, who can tell <laughs> it's an amazing thing this week there aren't many talks coming under the banner of mathematics every every science talk that's here has some part some is some part mathematical analysis and most of the time when they get to that point it's like and then we put them all into a computer and the results came out and completely glossed over the, the maths. You've got a real passion for maths communication. Where, where did this come from, and, and how do you get beyond the, oh, we just put it into a computer and it'll solve the problems for us? Well, a lot of people think if you put it into a computer, it'll solve your problems. Um, but that's rather like saying the invention of the printing press stopped people writing. Um, computers simply make math mathematicians more creative. They give you a way of, of bringing your ideas out in a, in a way that you wouldn't be able to before. So I think it's, it's very true that computers done for maths what printing press did for writing. And certainly we now live in an age of information where computers, um, understanding how information is processed on computers is, is a huge area of mathematical growth. Um, also, if you put an equation on a computer, the computer will get it wrong. I, I mean, I've been, that's what I do. I work with computers. They will get it wrong. Unless you are informed and know what you're doing, it's, you're going to get it wrong. Um, why am I passionate about communicating maths? Well, maths affects everything I do. I am passionate about the way that maths is important in all the technology. It's directly important to people's lives and things like their mortgages and their credit cards. It's, it's great fun if, if you... Um, do the right sort of maths and of course mathemat mathematics has is huge challenges um, and the human human beings thrive on challenges
and you've presented on a lot of maths topics over the years, apart from from dressing up in um, ancient costumes. What what's the what's your most memorable? What 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 are your favourite things to talk about? I suppose what I, what I, I love talking about most is what mathematicians have done for us. How why the world has essentially being shaped by mathematics. Um, I had a lot of fun after there was a big debate in the House of Commons as to whether we should teach quadratic equations and I wrote a letter to uh, the politicians about this and then wrote an article four plus in fact called 101 uses of a quadratic equation and that little article has got me all over the world with people asking questions about it and so on. Um, I've also I give talks on magic, maths and magic, maths and music I love the way that maths comes into art, particularly Celtic and African art. Um, I love the way that maths comes into industry. And I also give purely recreational talks on maths. So one of my favourite talks is, Why Does Rudolph Have a Shiny Nose? Where I, I talk about some of the mathematics of Christmas. Whether it's possible that Santa can get around the world in, in the, the 12 hours he's got available. Um, well, well, indeed. In fact, he's got a little bit more than 12 hours because by the time he brought in the rotation of the Earth, he has a bit more time than you <laughs> might expect. So, you know, Australia and so on, you, yes. you do. So, so he can do it. He, 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 he just about. Just about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And why does Rudolph have a red nose? Oh, a shiny nose. Um, the, reason, the reason he has a shiny nose is that he's the lead reindeer at the front of the sleigh. So um, Santa's going around the, the world at a rate of knots to deliver all the presents. And so Rudolph has to go pretty damn fast to, to go around the world. So, so all the, 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 um, you solve the Euler equations for the fluid mechanics of the flow past Euler's, past Rudolph's nose, and you find that the, the, there's a shock wave, um, and the shock wave um, results in, in, in heating of the air and therefore of the nose to a point where it starts to glow. <laughs> so I guess we get relativistic issues coming in. Um, indeed, there are relativistic issues, and that's actually quite useful because Santa is quite large, as you appreciate, um, and he has to go at relativistic speed so that he contracts in length so he can get down the chimney. <laughs> I like that. Um, <laughs> and, there, and there was really a debate on whether quadratic equations should be taught at schools. It seems a pretty fundamental thing to teach. Well, uh, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's extremely fundamental and um, because quadratic equations are really lie at the heart of, of most of modern science. Um, but there was a debate about whether um, the average student would appreciate what a quadratic equation was and why they should be taught it because it was, quotes not important to them. And this was really very sad because it it reflected on first a fundamental misunderstanding about what equations are all about. They're not just there to torture students, they are actually there to give you something to think about and explore. And also, as I say, because, well, one of the key applications of quadratic equations is um, in the stopping distance of a car, and you are solving a quadratic equation every time you put the brakes down on your car. So I seriously hope that they um, did allow the teaching of quadratic equations in UK schools. Well, to, to give the politicians their due, um, this was the, the outcome of the debate, so I was actually very pleased. What's your current research in? Well, I, I'm basically um, doing um, 
a number of projects. I'm, I'm director of an outfit called the Bath Institute for Complex Systems, where we look at complexity in many areas of um, both physics, biology, engineering. Um, one of the key things that I'm looking at, which I mentioned earlier, is the complex behaviour of the atmosphere, which um, is, is not only weather, but also um, things like the motion of the ionosphere affects things like GPS um, um, location on satellites. And uh, another area I'm, I'm doing a lot of work on is what we call bouncing and rattling. So things which, um, um, things like gearboxes or bouncing balls, um, um, things like that, which arise a lot in technology and um, still are not very well understood. So it's all your interest is in very applied mathematics. I, I'm I'm very interested in yes in very applied mathematics, but I think it's fair to say that the mathematics that you have to use in applications um, is it can be extremely pure. So I do I I mean I, I certainly do um, work with number um, with number theory and stuff like that. And I was interested that the the climate or the atmospheric modelling does that influence climate modelling? That's just a very topical issue at the moment. Um, there are basically three types of weather forecasting. There's day-to-day -day forecasting, where you're trying to forecast on a weekly basis. There's medium range weather forecast, when you're trying to kind of say, well, well we're going to have a hot, hot summer or cold winter or something. And then there's climate modelling. Um, so there are three kind of different length scales and time scales that you worry about. And my own particular interest at the moment is on the um, weekly weather forecasting. So the stuff I do isn't really related to climate. One of your interests, or one of the presentations you've given in the past, is on Celtic and African knots. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Yeah, in fact, this was the presentation I, one of the presentations I gave last year at the BA Festival. Um, I've I've always had a, a, an interest in in um, archaeology and the Celtic period and so on, um, and started drawing the knots just for recreational purposes. And then I realised that Celtic knots follow um, strict mathematical rules, and if you understand how those rules work. They're quite simple rules, but apply them in the right sort of way, you can produce beautiful artwork. So um, in the talk I give, I, I, I describe these rules, I describe the types of geometry, and then this is a talk which young people really enjoy because they can then go off and create beautiful artwork themselves, and they've done some wonderful stuff. Um, and then a few years ago, I, I was um, at a, a congress in Africa, and I was talking about this, and uh, a wonderful African mathematician stood up and said, well, he said, you know, this is all very well, but in Africa we've been doing the same sort of things for a lot longer than the Celts have been around. And he showed me the um, African sand drawings, these are called sonar drawings, from sub-Saharan Africa, which, whilst looking a bit different from Celtic knots, turn out to be based on extremely similar rules. And, and what I, so I learned these as well. And then, and put them together to give the talk on Celtic and African knots. And this has proved to be a talk which I give around, all around the world because it's a kind of a cross-cultural talk. It shows how different cultures can link together through mathematical ideas, how mathematics is not the province of just Western European culture. It's a, an international language. And what's proved very thrilling for me is, is, is finding schools... Um, building on this work as part of their cross-cultural, um, they do cross-cultural exhibitions and stuff like that. Um, and you can learn an awful lot of mathematics from study of Celtic knots. For example, um, um, a thing called the um, Euclid, Euclid algorithm for um, constructing um, lowest common de 
greatest common divisors of numbers, you can actually do that entirely through the medium of Celtic knots. It just reminds me of an interesting news story recently that was about the fact that um, the Kerala school in India discovered the infinite series, I think something like 250 years before Western Europe was supposed to have discovered it. I don't know whether you know anything about that. It's just something that it, it was quite interesting because I think often we think of maths as the province of Western Europe. Ah, well, no, of course, when you mention India, we all think of the great Ramanujan, who um, was an Indian mathematician that came essentially out of nowhere um, and was proving all these great results, uh, some of which are about infinite series. And one of the formulae I shall describe in my talk um, on the Euler session will be one of Ramanujan's formulas. So um, Ramanujan came up with an even better formula than Euler, and, and so he's a wonderful Indian mathematician. Will we see you in the traditional Indian garb, maybe when you give this talk? Um, I, 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 no, I'm afraid, I'm afraid I won't be doing that, although I have been to India and worked with Indian mathematicians, and, um, but um, when, when I worked in India, I was very much in T-shirt. <laughs> Another talk you gave, um, how maths can save your life. And in fact, there's a talk on tonight about how maths changed my life. How can maths save or change your life? Well, um, just a quick advert. I'm, I'm nearly finished writing a plus article based on this talk. The um, talk is on applications of maths in medicine. And one of the key areas that maths is vital in medicine is in the design of imaging technology in, in, in medicine. So I'm going to describe how medical imaging methods work and how they have saved countless lives. And having done that, um, I should also talk about a um, piece of work that I did a few years ago um, where we used medical imaging technology to detect um, anti-personnel landmines. Um, and so um, it's the same sort of ideas, but this time applied to detect landmines. And um, this technology is, is now used to, to find landmines and thus save lives that way. And so what, briefly, would be the, is the mathematics behind medical imaging technology? The basic math is, is what's called tomography. And tomography involves um, shining x-rays through people and measuring the way that the x-rays are absorbed. Um, so the more the x-rays are absorbed, the more material there is in the way. And if you take enough measurements of enough x-rays from enough different locations, then you can actually put piece together um, a complete picture of the, the entire body. And then I guess the same thing works detecting a landmine. Essentially the same idea, yes. Thank you, Chris, for joining us on the PLUS podcast. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you very much for joining us on another edition of the plus podcast if you have any questions or if you're looking for any more information on this podcast or anything else that's mathematical that goes through your mind get over to the plus website which is plus.maths.org 
that is plus.maths.org. And on that website, you can write us any emails you like, you can write any comments that you like, and you can also check out our news feed, our blog, and all the other episodes of the podcast, as well as subscribing to our newsletter or checking out the feature articles. That website again, plus.maths.org. My name is Mark West, and I will see you soon on another edition of the Plus Podcast. Podcast.